0: Description of a Physical State by Antonin Artaud A sharp, burning sensation in my limbs, Muscles knotted, as if raw, Feeling like glass, brittle, fear, Cringing at movement or noise, Unconsciously confused steps Gestures and movement. Willpower forever keyed up to make the simplest gestures. Renunciation of simple gestures. Stunning focal fatigue. A sort of exhausting fatigue. Movements have to be reorganized. A sort of dead. Tiredness, the mind tired by the exercise of the simplest muscular extension, the act of grasping, unconsciously hanging on to something, sustained by continuous willpower. Genetic fatigue, the feeling of dragging one's body about, the feeling of unbelievable fragility, becoming splitting pain. A state of painful numbness, a sort of numbness localized in the skin which does not hinder any movement but changes the sensation within the limbs so that the simple act of standing up straight is achieved only at the cost of a victorious struggle probably localized in the skin, but feeling like the radical removal of a limb and offering the mind nothing but tenuous, wooly pictures of limbs, pictures of distant limbs. A sort of inner breakdown in the entire nervous system. Variable giddiness, a sort of oblique Dazzling accompanies each effort. A thickening heat band gripping the whole surface of my skull where heat patches detach themselves and move about piece by piece. Painful inflammation of the skull, grasping nervous tension, the back of the neck doggedly suffering, temples glassy and blotched head trampled by horses. Here, we should mention the disembodiment of reality, that sort of break intent it seems on self-proliferation between objects and the feelings they exercise on our mind, the place they belong. The instantaneous classification of objects in the brain cells, not so much in their own logical order, but in sensed or emotional order. Objects now have no smell or gender, but their logical order is also sometimes broken, precisely because it lacks an emotional odor. Words rot at unconscious commands from the brain. All words for no matter what type of mental operation in particular those which trigger off the mind's most common and active responses. A slender belly, a belly of fine powder, like a picture, an exploded grenade at the base of the belly. The grenade casts a fleecy circulation, rising like tongues of fire, cold fire. The circulation catches the belly, turns it over. Only the belly will not turn. The veins are full of heady blood, blood mixed with saffron and sulfur, only sulfur sweetened with water. Breasts appear above the belly, higher still and in depth, but on another level of the mind, the sun flame, only in such a way as to make us think the breast is burning. And at the base of the grenade, a bird The sun wears a kind of look, but a look which could look at the sun. This look is conical and upside down on the sun. And all the air is like arrested music, only great, profound music, very solid and secret and full of congealed ramifications. And the whole is built of columns, a sort of architectural wash-drawing linking the stomach and reality. The canvas is concave and laminated. The painting is well enclosed in the limits of its canvas. Like a closed circle, a sort of whirling chasm dividing down the middle, like A mind which sees and searches through itself, needed and endlessly worked over by the mind's clenched hands. Yet the mind sows its phosphorus. The mind is sure. It really has one foot in this world. The grenade, the belly, the breasts are like proofs testifying to reality. There really is a dead bird and leafy columns. The air is full of pencil strokes, like knife slashes, like scratches from magic fingernails. The air has been stirred up enough. And now it sets itself out in cells where the seeds of unreality grow. Fanning out, Each cell slips into place, around the belly, before the sun, beyond the bird, and around the circulation of sulfurous water. But the architecture is indifferent to cells. It nourishes itself and says nothing. Who knows what germ shines in each egg-bearing cell? In each cell, an egg is suddenly born. In each one, a limpid but inhuman teeming goes on, the stratifications of an arrested universe. Each cell contains its egg properly, offering it to us, but the egg cares little whether it is chosen or rejected. Not all the cells contain an egg. In some, a spyrus is born. And in the air, a larger spirus hangs down as if already sulfurated or even phosphorated and wrapped in unreality. And this spirus is just as important as the most momentous thoughts. The belly evokes surgery and the morgue, the factory, public squares, and the operating table. The belly's flesh seems made of granite or marble or plaster, only hardened plaster. A slot for a mountain, the sky's spray forms a cool, translucent ring around the mountain. The air around the mountain echoes, pious, legendary, and forbidden. Access to the mountain is forbidden. The mountain has its true place in the soul. It is the horizon of something endlessly retreating. It guides, one, the feeling of an eternal horizon. As for me, I have described this painting with tears in my eyes, for I am deeply affected by it. I feel my thoughts spread out before it as onto an ideal, ultimate area, only an area whose form could be brought into reality. It is a godsend to me. And every one of my fibers unravels and finds its place in a predetermined slot. It is as if I were returning to my origins. I sense the location and arrangement of my mind. The person who painted this canvas is the greatest painter in the world. To André Messon, his due. Wooly pictures of limbs, pictures of distant limbs. Wooly pictures of limbs, pictures of distant limbs out of place.